Welcome to the She Will Shine podcast, where we bring you the real stories of female business owners. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a supportive business network for women. It's time to give a voice to women in business and discover their journey. Welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. Before we begin today, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country on which we record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we recognise their continuing connection to the land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Now, on today's episode, we have the lovely Casey Allen with us. How are you, Casey? Good, thank you. Nice to see you from nice sunny you. Wollongong today or not so sunny Wollongong? It is a sunny Wollongong today, but every day is different. <laughs> Could be wintry again tomorrow. Oh, not as bad as Melbourne. <laughs> I, I lived in Melbourne for four years and it kind of reminds, the up and downness of it reminds me a bit of that, but it, ah. it doesn't, doesn't get as cold here. Yep. All right. Yep. Now, for those who may not know Casey just yet, Casey Allen is the founder of Blush Digital, but she's not just a passionate digital marketer. She has also founded her own successful e-commerce business, so she gets it, having been a store owner and striving to grow a business from the ground up. Now, Casey genuinely loves paid advertising, social media marketing, and email marketing, and has seen firsthand how they can help to grow a profitable, profitable business. <laughs> Now, Casey, I wanted to kind of go back a little bit. Yep. When you were in high school, what did you kind of envision you would be when you grew up? You know what? I actually didn't know. I, If you'd asked me in primary school, I would have said a school teacher, and that was kind of the imaginative play I did as a child. And then when I finished high school, I did really well in my HSC. I got a 90 plus, I think it was called a UAI at the time. And I remember sitting down with mum and dad and just, I think you could put eight or nine courses. Anyway, there was a list of courses you could put in your uni preferences. And I remember writing anything from um, biology because I was interested in, um, you know, biology and the environment. Uh, I had um, fashion design because I'd studied three unit textiles and design in my HSC. used to make my own clothes in high school. Uh, I had business um there was probably a couple of other random things on there that I now can't remember and I treated it like a bit of a lottery and I thought <laughs> see what, what comes up <laughs> whatever happens I'll just go and do that because gap years weren't a thing then you didn't kind of take a year off it you, you went straight into university and I happened to get into a business degree at UTS the University of Technology in Sydney and away I went um so you know that was that was kind of where I went to first after high school and did you enjoy that uh parts I did and parts I didn't and that you know hindsight's a wonderful thing you look back now and you you watch your journey over schooling and then kind of what you did in career-wise uh and you know the parts around accounting and economics I didn't love um but the parts around marketing and people, I really did love. Um, and that's kind of where my career ended up post-uni. So you went straight, did you go straight into a job after that? Uh, yep. So I actually started working while I was still studying and I went to part-time uh, to finish my degree by distance education. So uh, at the time when I began uni, I was working for um, Freedom Furniture 
in store, um, which I loved because, you know, homewares and furniture and interiors and um, and just fun being part of, of that team. And their uh, support centre HR team knew that I was studying and had a role come up for a human resource coordinator and they approached me to apply for that role, which I did uh, and I got. So I started working full-time and then switched to part-time to finish the rest of my degree. At any point in that kind of studying first job kind of part of your journey, did you think about running a business on your own? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't. Uh, That didn't come until much later on down the track. And career-wise, I didn't stay necessarily in human resources. I then got poached by the marketing team at Freedom um, by their head of marketing to go and work in their team, um, which I did for a couple of years. And my degree had been in human resources and marketing. So it felt great because very early on, in my career, I got to dip my toe in the water of human resources and I got to dip my toe in the water of marketing. Uh, and then I um, and then I ended up in a business development project type role for a management consultancy who specialised in leadership and culture work. So it, it was almost a brilliant blend of the two. Yeah, I was about to say, what a time. Yeah, and I, I don't think at the time I necessarily planned it that way. But again, you know, you look back and you go, oh, yeah, I can see how both of those things, you know, led to where I ended up. And I stayed there for 10 years. And oh, then that's a long time, 10 years. It is a long time, particularly for my generation, our generation this day and age, you tend to move around a bit more. But it was a really small family-owned consultancy with a really great reputation in the market and the mentorship I had within that business was just amazing and it was a great team that was like a second family and that was why I stayed there as long as I did and the owner of that business mentored me into a consulting role so um, prior to um, you know having a baby uh, I was you know, consulting to large organisations around change management, leadership and culture. So um, that was a pretty exciting place to be, flying all over the countryside and getting some really great insight into big organisations and, um, you know, what was working, what wasn't working and and helping them to navigate that. So um, it was an exciting time. But coming back to had I ever thought about starting my own business, I hadn't until I went on maternity leave. Yeah. Uh, and as many women women would resonate with, something just shifts inside you when you've got this little, you know, bundle of joy most of the time. They also <laughs> scream and <laughs> demand attention. Yes. <laughs> um, but that was really when I started to think about, you know, how can I be a mum? I couldn't see myself going back to what I was doing prior to that. So what would that look like for me? And I got really interested in e-commerce. And that was when I started my e-commerce business when um, Edie, our little girl, was about 12 months old. Yeah, so that was was my first entry into business ownership. Were you scared? Uh, No. No, I wasn't scared. There wasn't any risk really associated with it. Um, I think what I was scared of was, and something I really missed in that 12 months of, of mat leave that I took, was having time to sit down and really immerse myself in something. Because when you've got a baby at home, you're on their schedule. They're not on your schedule. So I think the things I was more scared about was, would I have enough time 
to be able to do a really good job um, and be able to, yeah, immerse myself in starting this business and running this business whilst being a mum. And that was a, yeah, a quite a big mindset shift for me and a really different way of working to how I'd worked in the past. I found that time um, quite frustrating because of that. Yep. Like I loved being a mum and don't, you know, didn't, yep. didn't dislike that. I, wanted to, I, I was yep. doing what I wanted to do. But I also found it really um, frustrating because I'm quite motivated and quite driven. And when I've got an idea, I just want to do it. I, yes. You know, no, I'm not one of those persons who dilly dally. I'm like, if I've got an idea, I just go with it. Yeah. And I couldn't do that when I was yes. running my business around my yep. babies when they were very little because it's yes. like, well, like you said, you're on their time, not on your yes, time. Yes, totally. That, I, felt I found that, that too. time really frustrating. Yeah, I found that too. And people say to me now, I think I'm seven years into working from home for myself. Um, second business now but people say to me how do you have the discipline to work from home like my husband really didn't enjoy working from home during COVID he prefers to be in an office environment but for me I can walk in the door after school drop-off completely immerse myself and not even get out of my chair bar going to the bathroom during the day until I leave for school pickup in the afternoon because I just really like to get into my zone and get work done and you just can't do that when you've got little babies or children at home running around you know Edie was yeah. home from school sick yesterday and I was like ah you know, <laughs> every 15 minutes can I have a snack can you play with me um and I think that's really interesting because you know kind of at that time when they are little yeah you know the boundaries are all blurred because you're like oh, yeah. okay, if they're down for a sleep I quickly catch a couple of hours or whatever yeah and then once they get bigger, you've got to kind of set the reset the boundaries. You really do. And your ways of working changes. And as I said, I have started a second business in the last 12 months. And it wasn't until Edie went to school. Um, she's in what we call kindergarten. Melbourne calls it prep. Um, that she started school last year that I suddenly went to having um, the year before she was three long daycare days a week and then I had two days that I spent with her to suddenly having five much shorter days mind you you don't get a lot done in the school day you kind of just get into it and then you're, you're out the door for pickup so my my world changed suddenly because now I, here I am with five days a week thankfully I get two longer days one with after school care one with my parents thinking oh all of a sudden I've got a different um yeah different plate in front of me and how do I want yeah. to fill it and what do I want to do with that time and time to sit and navel gaze around okay what's working and what's not working particularly after you know two years of COVID um, right. most of us are in that mindset anyway so I kind of had that intersection of post-COVID um we only have one child so suddenly she's at school you know what do I want that to look like now in this next phase yeah, and I think the phases change again as they grow and have different needs. Yes. Like my kids are kind of got after-school activities coming out of their, you know, what? It's just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, after-school is just not nightmare around here. But it does, it changes, and you've got to, like, reset your work boundaries and work yourself yeah. out and get that different, as you said, a different plate comes in front of you. You've yeah. got to work out how you're going to, you know, make it all work again. Yeah, yeah, totally, very much so. Yeah. You mentioned that, you know, you had the e-commerce store. Yes. Can you take us through um, kind of how long you you ran that for and um, what you enjoyed from that side of the business? Yeah, so um, so that business, so Chasing Case, which is a women's fashion brand, had been running for 
uh, five years um, at the point that Edie went to school um, last year. So, um, look, I loved that business. I still love that business. Um, I always referred to it as my second child. <laughs> I think we all do that with our baby, our business business baby. Yeah, at the moment, it's my neglected second child, but we'll probably get to that later. But um, I love that business for for lots of reasons. One, it provided me the opportunity to stay at home um, and to be able to be available for Edie when she needed me without having that pressure um, of, oh, I need to take a sick day or school holidays have come up. How are we going to manage that? It just meant that, and, and, you know, often that meant putting extra pressure on myself because you don't turn off a business like an e-commerce business when the school holidays start. It, it just isn't like that, but I was able to, um, to juggle. It gave me something that was mine. Um, and that I could uh, funnel my ambition and my goals and my sense of achievement into yep, um, get that. after becoming a mum. And look, fashion's fun. You know, you, you know yourself when you go shopping and you buy new clothes. I got to do that on a mass scale, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, once a fortnight. So, uh, you know, that's a fun place to be in and, you know, photo shoots and all that sort of stuff that goes with it. So it was really a really fun business and a great business to dip my toes into I learned a lot you know I mentioned I worked in marketing digital marketing wasn't a thing then we were still running billboard advertising and um, letterbox drop catalogs and you know direct marketing through the postal system when I worked in marketing and then suddenly I start an online business where we have, um, you know, organic social media. I don't think I even had a Facebook account when I started working in marketing. Um, Instagram, you've got email marketing systems, you've got paid social advertising, you know, it's just, it's huge. So it was a big learning curve as well, learning uh, all of that stuff. Um, and how that fits together with with e-commerce as a as a type of business. Yeah. We were just chatting prior to starting the recording about mm. how much you do love the learning yes. aspect though. Yes, I do. I think I'm a lifelong learner, but I'm a really practical learner too. It was one of the things I struggled with at university was learning but not being able to apply it. And I think that was why I was keen to get working uh, before I even finished uni because I just like to see what I'm learning applied in a practical way. And, you know, you can do that in your own, in your own business. Um, so, yeah, I, I really valued that part of, you know, starting that e-commerce business. Yeah. yeah. Did you find that, um, like, was that one of the challenges in that you had to learn so much and all that kind of digital, yeah, digital pro- space became so huge? I probably didn't realise um, how big the learning curve would be, yeah. but also how, you know, the learning curve goes up and some, you know, often with things it comes back down. With uh, digital marketing, the learning curve goes up and it stays, <laughs> stays up. It never ends. It never ends because <laughs> it's constantly changing, you know. Um, so I do enjoy it and it can also be quite exhausting sometimes. And I think as a digital marketer, uh, you need to be able to put boundaries around um, the, you know, the shiny sparkly stuff. So, um, you know, I started to get into TikTok and Pinterest and um, with my e-commerce business and then realised I had spread myself really thin and wasn't doing anything particularly well and, and, you know, had to draw it back at certain times. Yeah. 
So how long, you know, there was a bit of an evolution in the business and now yes. you're in digital marketing. Yep. What kind of changed for you yeah. to sort of make that switch? Yep, um, big changes. So my business was, I think, two and a half years old at the beginning of COVID. Uh, and within a week, that business tripled in size. Wow. And at that stage, I was still only myself in the business yeah. um, because suddenly we had everyone at home. We had a change of season. We were going from summer into autumn, winter uh, from a, a selling fashion perspective. And literally the week that the government um, packages kicked in, people started spending and it just went gangbusters. And it was exciting and, you know, you want to make hay while the sun shines and I just threw everything into it. Also, while suddenly having a child at home. You can do it all though. Aren't we all superwoman? Come on, Casey. A million plates in the air. Um, Thrown on top of that with challenges like stock, um, everything was imported from China and suddenly um, that ground to a halt. Uh, so thankfully I had really bloody good relationships with my suppliers who had pre-onshored some winter stock, very limited, but said to a very select number of stores, this is available if you want to purchase. So, you know, in I went and got as much as I could. Then I had the challenge of where the hell am I going to keep it? Because at that stage, yeah. all my warehousing was still at home. So Mid-COVID, I had to outsource and find a warehouse. Um, I then realised I needed staff because <laughs> I was packing orders at all hours of the night. Um, so very quickly, I had to scale that business, not just in terms of marketing and sales, but also supply um, and many of those internal you know, processes and procedures that you need to build around a business when you start to employ people because everything is in your head up until that point in time. Did all that HR experience that you'd had previously come back, come flooding yeah, back? Yeah, and I think the business, um, just the having done a business degree, just the general understanding of how the different parts, and, I, you know, I'd worked in change management more recently, um, which, are, you know, part of that is process and procedure. So it's kind of second nature to me. And, yes, it definitely all kicked in. Um, at that point in time but while the while the, the ride was wild it was exhausting uh, and I think I ran on adrenaline as most of us did in different shapes and forms for the period of COVID and I got to the end of it and I was bloody tired yeah understand <laughs> and I think when you grow a business you look back at a point in time and you, you start to reflect on what are the things that I really enjoy doing and what gets me out of bed in the morning. And suddenly I wasn't doing those things because they're the things that I had started to outsource to other people. Um, and my job had been, you know, become about managing numbers and managing logistics of getting stock in and out in time. Um, and I just wasn't loving it. Um, I really wasn't loving it. It, it, just hit me actually when Edie started school that why am I doing this yeah um, and for a while I held this belief around no I started this and I must see it through um, and then I kind of got to about May last year and I went why you know why must I see it through why can't it look different um, and that was kind of the turning point for me uh, and how I've evolved into um, owning a second business. Do you think, you know, 
I've had businesses in the past that I've um, closed and et cetera. Yeah. Um, and like I've often reflected and it's like, was it really hard to do because of me or because of what I thought other people would think of me? Totally. Yes. There's so much for me. There was so much status. And I don't mean that in an egocentric kind of way, but there was a lot of status and identity that I had wrapped up in that business. And I felt like if I made the decision to change directions, that somehow people might see that as a failure on my part. Yeah. Um, you know, letting staff go, um, scaling back stock, losing suppliers, all that sort of stuff. Um, one, I felt like I was letting people down and two, I was really bloody worried about what people would think of me. Um, but why keep pushing something when it's not bringing you joy? The whole reason I decided to work for myself was so that I could do what I wanted to do. Um, and I, I wasn't doing that, you know, and if I was honest with myself, I wasn't doing that anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's a hard decision. I, like, I, I completely understand mm. and I know what I went through. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest fail, what, what I saw as my biggest fail, mm. because we had opened a co-working space in Melbourne, mm-hmm. in, I think it closed in 2018. So I think we yeah. opened in around... 2015 26 maybe 2016 yep. anyway so we had it and we were the first all-female co-working space in Melbourne mm, yeah and so not only kind of did I have people that I knew that knew all about it but we got a bit of PR about it like it was yeah. a bit of a thing right I'm like well you know people that don't know me know about this and yes. it's like what are they going to think are they going to think that I'm a failure and then yeah even though the Shieldshine community is tied to the co-working space it's not attached to the co-working space, if that makes sense. And I was yep. like, how can I continue this when I'm closing this? And yeah, it's yeah. a really hard time. It is. And just the untangling yep. um, of your own beliefs that you hold around things. And when you finally, you know, it's funny, when you finally challenge that belief, what opens up? Um, yep. If you'd asked me two years ago, even 18 months ago, if I would start a digital marketing agency, I would have said, no, why would I do something like that? But here I am nine months in, loving it, going really well. And it wasn't until I challenged that belief around why am I doing this e-commerce business until I kind of let that shift within myself that I was able to even contemplate um, doing something different. Yeah. And I think as well because, you know, there's so much of ourselves in our businesses. Like that mm-hmm. just comes naturally. I think yeah. more as females than uh, males. I could be proven wrong, but in yep. my opinion, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and I think, like you said, disentangling that from yourself because we evolve as people, mm. not just as business owners. It's like, and whatever we're working on needs to evolve with us. Yes. And it's Very like, well, if so. that's not giving me joy anymore, then how am I going to evolve and yep. find something that is? Yeah. So, someone, yeah. Someone said to me during that period, if you were working for someone else and you were this unhappy, you'd go and get a different job. How is it any different when you work for yourself? And I was like, it's actually really true. I was making it. It was me that was making it difficult. Um, because if I had been working for someone else, I probably would have gone and gotten a different job. Um, and that was a pretty light bulb moment was around, okay, I'm the one that's making this difficult. Yeah. So let's start about now. Um, 
how did you start your second business? How did that kind of that transition happen? That, you know, I was navel gazing around that time. And when I thought about what did I really love about Chasing Case and e-commerce, the part of the business that I really loved was the paid social advertising. I, um, my brain is both creative and data-driven. Um, and when I think about that and I think about paid social advertising, it's a beautiful blend of both of those things. So I could sit in Facebook now, Meta Ads Manager, all day long looking at data. And it sounds like my worst nightmare. I know. I just I feel like a pig in mud. That's just how my brain works. And I also enjoy the creative side of writing ads and, and imagery and matching that to, to avatars and, and that kind of strategic piece of the advertising as well. So when I thought about, okay, what did you love? Like when you were really enjoying your business, what were the parts of it that you really loved? That was one of them. Um, and I also reflected on even before e-commerce in you know previous jobs what had I really enjoyed and when I was consulting prior to having Edie that was something I really enjoyed as well I really enjoyed that client relationship I actually enjoy supporting others more than I do being at the forefront um and you have that in common yeah and so that naturally you know it just kind of evolved and then I remember my my in-laws were visiting one night and we were just chatting and it just came out of my mouth and I think my husband looked at me and was like maybe start another business because it goes on in your head you know you're having this conversation with yourself for so long and I said well why not I could just do both for a little while and see what happens I had some really great connections in the e-commerce world other business owners coaches and mentors that I'd worked with over the time I'd you know, I'd had and built Chasing Case and I thought I'm just going to put the feelers out um, and see what happens. And I'd given myself until the new year, being this new year, to kind of make a call about what foot I was going to, where my feet, which camp my feet were going to be in because for a while they were straddling both. Uh, And I'm pretty confident to say that the digital marketing side of what I do is where I'd, I'd like to be at the moment. So um, that's kind of how it came about. You know, it wasn't a really deliberate thing. It was just a whole bunch of reflection, opening up the opportunity and then thinking, yeah, actually that could work and and giving it a go. When you'd you'd done that, Mm. did you think to yourself, yes, this is where I'm meant to be? Um, It probably took a... Look, it took a few months to kind of get those clients on. Because when you start something new, you know, you're building it from scratch. So in my very methodical way, I had a spreadsheet of get logo designed, um, buy domain names, pick off website, you know, start social media pages, all that stuff around building a presence. Um, tell my accountant what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't freak out at tax time um you know all that nuts and bolts type stuff I thought I'll just get that part done and then then I'll see if I get a client and then client one arrives okay well I'll get all of my systems and processes around that client set up and then I'll see if another client arrives and you know then the next client arrived and here I am in well March now with a full schedule actually probably one more client than I'm should have on my plate at the moment Um, but definitely you know happy to make extra time for them and so now it feels right Um, 
now it feels great. And what happens when now that I've got a full digital marketing schedule is I talked about my neglected second child being my e-commerce business. <laughs> it's not getting their love that it has in the past. And it's a very, very scaled back version of, of what it was in its heyday. And, and that's fine. Um, I still tinker in that business and, and play around with things before I roll it out to clients. So it's serving a different purpose now. Um, but I definitely am feeling now, six, seven, eight months in, feeling like I'm where I'm meant to be. Um, yeah. It felt a bit confused for a while because I wasn't sure. But, yeah, now I, I am feeling feeling it, yeah. Do you miss any of the chasing case aspects of the business, of that business? Yes, I do. Um, the I shopping? Miss, I miss the shopping. <laughs> Um, I do miss the shopping. I miss, um, look, when you're working with clients, and this isn't a negative at all, um, just like babies, you're on their schedule. Um, So if a client needs an ad campaign up by the weekend because they forgot to tell you they're about to, you know, run a sale, you kind of got to make it happen, right? So that is the part that's a bit different to when I was running my own e-commerce business where I set the schedule um, and I've got staff sending out orders. So if I wanted to take a day off, it was only myself that was going to miss me on that day. The business was set up in a way that it could essentially run itself, whereas now I need to be available um, for those clients when they need things. So probably the part that I miss, um, like you say, the fashion and the creativity angle of it. But no, I don't miss I don't miss enough about it to want yeah. to be back in it full time. Yeah. 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 What do you think has been, I guess, the highlight mm. of your digital marketing business? Getting to capacity within seven months. I, I hadn't planned for it. I really hadn't. Um, I hadn't planned for it. The opportunities that have come my way, and look, I have beautiful clients, you know. I talk about sometimes people forget stuff and need something really quickly. That is A-OK because I really love my clients. So I'm really proud that I've attracted um, enough clients to make it viable because as women we shouldn't be working for free. Um and that they're clients that I really enjoy working with and businesses that I really believe in in what I'm marketing for them. Um, and I, I do have those pinch myself moments on really crazy days, you know, where you get to the end of the day and you've still got half of your to-do list left to do and you've got to find time to do it. Instead of getting grumpy about that, I just remind myself, this is, you know, I've, I'm here. <laughs> I made it. Um and that there's positives in that. And I'm really grateful for that. Do you think like you'll grow it with staff as you have with the e-commerce business? I don't know. It's a decision I will need to make at a point in time. At the moment, I'm really happy just being me. Um, there are parts that I could definitely look to subcontract out, more of the administrative side of things. Um, so someone helping with report writing, copywriting, um, you know, some of those things, again, that I enjoy doing less, um, still capable of doing, but probably enjoy less. So there's, there's parts I could definitely get some help with. 
But do I want to grow an agency with employees? Definitely not at this stage, um, particularly after winding back that part of, of my e-commerce business. I'm enjoying just being me, um, yeah. being hands-on, being across everything. Um, and I think that's a, you know, it's a unique selling point to my clients as well because I bring that e-commerce experience. I know how to run digital marketing and do strategy really well. And I'm across all of the detail. Um, they're not sitting within an agency model, you know, a, a bigger agency model um, with its own systems and practices. Yeah. yeah. I just need yeah. to get better at setting boundaries. <laughs> I, think, I think we're all guilty of a little bit of that, right? Yes, but you'll yeah. get there. I'll give you a cannibal. I'll hold you accountable for that. <laughs> One thing, Casey, so I've met you, oh, it was about four, five months ago you joined Shiva Shine, six months ago maybe. Yeah, I've been lurking in the wings for a while, um, going to the coffee catch-ups that we have here in Wollongong, which is the highlight of my mum. Oh, I love it. I get out of my spare bedroom, as you can see behind me, which also doubles as my office, um, and I get to catch up with a really great bunch of women um and connect and and I really value um that time and the time I get to spend with them so I had been going to those for a while and I'd been watching she will shine on social media and then I thought you know what um part of my new business and practice and ways of working is about having connection because I think when you work on your own you can get very um isolated very quickly uh, and that was why, you know, I decided to join She Will Shine and got to meet the lovely yourself. And that's the thing. I was like, I have loved how much you have embraced. I think I've commented on this with you before, mm. how much you have embraced being a part of the community, how you've shown up in the community mm. and um, contributed. And I love that. I love that when people do that from day dot because I yes. think to myself, they're getting the most value out of their out of their membership and out of the beautiful community that I've created. Yeah. Um, how much do you think having that, I know Kate and the crew in Wollongong are just yeah. amazing. Yeah. How much do you think having that kind of support around you has helped, as you said, you know, it can be quite isolating, but also mm. kind of to, to push you to go forward, you know what I mean? To kind of give you that extra confidence or courage to, um, to keep going. Yeah, totally. It's seeing other women doing it right. Um, and not in a competitive way. It's like when you know, your kids are with their peer group. This might sound negative. It's not peer pressure, but they see their friends do some, doing something and they go, oh, I want to do that too. And I feel like that in an, on, you know, in an online community like you've built is just to be in the presence of other women who are doing it too um, is such a healthy reminder of, you know, I'm not the only one plugging away in my spare bedroom slash office. And let's face it, we connect virtually these days it's it's just you know it's it's where life has headed so I love the online community for that and I love the the face-to-face -face coffee catch-ups as well because it gives me the best of both worlds um as well as the group are really open you know if you've got questions or you know things that you're not sure about the the group offer some really insightful feedback when you do have something that you're you know, not quite sure about and potentially I should use the group more for that kind of thing um, not just the the more community aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. 
an amazing bunch of women. We're so lucky, yeah. aren't we? Listen, we are lucky and there's so many of us around. I think we forget um, how many of us are doing what we're doing, facing similar challenges to one another. Um, so, you know, why not do it together rather than plug away and think you're the only one in the, in the world that's doing it? It's so easy to think that. That's what yeah. I found. Like when you're in your bubble, you can be so entrenched in your bubble yes. and you can be overthinking every single aspect of your business and thinking that you're so alone. Mm. You've got no one to help you. And it's like yeah. you've just got to break through that bubble to actually see there's people, there's women out there who are, yeah. you know, as I think, we've all different industries, yeah. but we have the same challenges. Yes, very much so. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I don't have friends that are in business like me. Um, so it's having people to share the experience with um, that, you know, that I find so important. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one more question. Yeah. So as your time as a business owner running two yep. six, very successful businesses, mm -hmm. what do you think has been the absolute highlight across that business owner journey? Um, the highlight for me, and this is a personal one, is when my little girl um, dreams up what her businesses are going to be in the future. And I love that because, I mean, I don't care what she ends up doing as long as she, you know, she puts her mind to something that she loves. But I just feel like she's getting the example from me that you can create what you want to create, really. You, you know, it's not easy. Um, but I wanted to create a life where I could be home for her and that's meant some sacrifice and personal challenges along the way but to have her then go oh, I in business one day whether she does or not I don't care but the fact that that is an option for her yeah. and she's seen it done I think that would be the highlight of um, you know being a business owner 100% 100% because like like you both of us never wanted like we never thought about starting a business no and it's like for someone at that age to yeah. have that thought that that's a possibility totally yep. is amazing yeah it's such mom, a beautiful role yeah. model yeah my mum wasn't a business owner my grandmother wasn't a business owner I didn't have I mean dad owned his own businesses but from a female perspective um I didn't have that person and she's got that person and and it just you know opens up another door for her potentially in the future as well yeah yeah what a beautiful note to finish on thank yeah. you so much Casey for your time thank you it's nice to chat and reflect you don't kind of tell your story to many people so um it's been nice for me too likewise it's been nice to have this conversation and um I'm looking forward to now sharing it with our wider community lovely but we really appreciate your time and I wish you every success for the future. And I know that you'll continue doing amazing things. And um, I love that I can be beside you in that as well. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Danielle. Thanks, Casey. And thank you to everyone for joining us today on the She Will Shine podcast. We will have another episode for you soon. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode of the She Will Shine podcast, we invite you to check out shewillshine.com.au. She Will Shine is the essential support network you need to grow a thriving, meaningful business. We can help you grow your network, connect and develop genuine relationships, 
be supported and support others in building and growing a successful business on your terms. Say goodbye to working alone and become a member at shewillshine.com.au.